Good evening. This is a box of mystery for later. Just going to leave that there. Thanks for coming. My name's Stephen Hackett. I'm the non-British co-founder of Relay FM. I'm the one, when we're on phone calls, people always ask Mike questions because they want to hear him talk. And frankly, I feel a little, a little slighted by that, so I get to come out first tonight. Uh, thanks for coming. As some of you know, we had a bit of an adventure to get here tonight uh, with a last-minute venue change. And we owe a big thanks to Microsoft for making tonight possible. Now, I want you to yeah, give it up. They, uh, remember that Macworld? Some of you remember. I know Jason Snell will remember this because he's very old. <laughs> there was a, a key, he's backstage yelling at me. Uh, there was a keynote where Microsoft kind of saved Apple. And so Steve Jobs is on stage, and there's a giant Bill Gates behind him. This is like that, but not weird. Uh, if you haven't seen that, go look it up on YouTube. It'll really, it's really a trip. Um, before we get started, I think they said it before, put your phones on vibrate if you don't mind. If you're running the iOS 12 beta, that may not work, so just uh, shove it under your seat. So, I think we're going to get started. We have a great show planned tonight. We've got a couple different segments, so you're going to see a bunch of Relay people up here. Um, but let's get started. Please welcome to the stage Jason Snell and Serenity Caldwell. That was 1997, Stephen. 1997, Bill Gates. I was 11. <laughs> About that for me, too. Sorry, Jason. <sighs> you were three? That's way Wait, worse. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to say, who, who's Bill Gates? <laughs> Don't All right. Ask who's Steve Jobs? <laughs> Somebody's going to say that sometime. Oh. <laughs> Time marches on, folks. Time These marches on. Paid to Just be here. wait. Mm. That's true. Okay. Ooh. So thanks for joining me. I want to talk a little bit, starting out, uh, about the future of the Mac. Because you see, the iPad boys aren't up here yet, so we can talk about the Mac. I see how this works. But first, I have a burning... Yeah, two iPads. Mm -hmm. My Mac is in the sound booth doing real work. Wow. So I have a burning question. I've thought about this a lot. So there's there's a joke, maybe you've heard it on the shows about being in the Snell zone. And what that means is that you're with Jason in person. It's true. And I've got a question. What's the radius of the Snell zone? How far back in this theater does it go? You know, Earth's finest scientific minds have considered this question, Stephen. <laughs> and they have come to know, they decided it was a really stupid question, so they didn't answer it. Uh, the, I, think, I think if you're within, if you can see me, if you're within the sound of my voice, you're probably in the Snell zone. Um, well, and, we are uh, broadcasting. So that means podcast this. listeners, yes, yes, the world is okay. in the Snell Zone right now. Mm. That's. I hope you feel good. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, I feel besnelled. I've got the whole world in my hands right now. Okay. Like only for like thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah, I got a timer going. Twenty-eight thirty-three. Snell Zone leaves right there. Twenty-eight thirty. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about about Mac OS. It got an update this year, as it Yay. does every year. Oh. Give it up for Mac OS updates. <laughs> Look, look, you have a birthday every year until you don't, Stephen. Don't take it for granted. Man, we're so morbid tonight. So dark, so dark. Dark mode. Let's talk about dark mode. (laughs) How 
in the world did the Mac get dark mode before iOS? Bribery. Bribery? <laughs> it's angry video editors, yeah. <laughs> angry designers. My yeah. thought is they have that pro workflow team, right? And they've got them all in edit caves working on whatever the next Mac Pro is. And maybe they were all upset and they said, you got to do this or we quit. And then they had to do it. That's my headcanon. So my, my question is, if there's dark mode now and Logic and Final Cut Pro are already dark, is there a light mode? Maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Just philosoph- it's know. a philosophical question. Like, light mode is the darkest time. Or does it get darker? Does Final Cut get... Yes. Can it be darker than it is now? No. We'll, we'll find out. None more Final Cut. Mm. Sure. Reference acknowledged. Thank you. Yeah. They didn't, but you did. I appreciate That's it. That's a reference. There'll be a Twitter account later. It's fine. So dark mode is a fun thing to talk about. I've been running it a little bit. It's really pretty. Uh, but this release of Mac OS has a lot of things coming to an end. So 32-bit apps, mm-hmm. rest in peace, uh, which also means, I guess, the end of carbon Well, apps. I mean, they're still going to run this time. But, they run but this time, but this is like... Talk about just staying dark. The ride it dies is slowing next year. down. <laughs> you know, the ride is slowing down, and you know you've got to get off. Yeah. We're on the Matterhorn. They have to put in the new seats. Otherwise, it's just not going to run anymore. Last year, they were like, just remember, 32-bit apps are mortal. And this year, they're like, and next year is when they are going to die. So you have that. You have uh, OpenGL coming to a close at some point. Mm-hmm. We got some actual boos over that. OpenGL. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're booing OpenGL or booing that OpenGL dies, though. It's it hard be. to tell. Some old QuickTime stuff, which you and Dan have written a lot about. That's right. Well, I mean, I was, I was lamenting the death of the QuickTime player, QuickTime player 7, because it's really useful. But the fact is, like, the QuickTime API. So QuickTime in all but the name of the video player, which they could change next year, is gone. 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 Yep. Gone. So they used to do a conference about QuickTime, Stephen. I know. I've got a sweatshirt that says QuickTime Live on it. Damn. But you know what isn't dead? The DVD player got an update. <laughs> <laughs> 64-bit DVD player, baby, but it's still a bag of hurt. It won't do Blu-rays. No. <laughs> so why, why now? Why have all this stuff changed? Why introduce iOS apps coming to the Mac a year early? That's a lot of change. It feels like there's a bunch of dots with maybe lines in between them. What, what do you see as all this mean, Jason? Well... I think, I mean, I love that Apple is being open about it, but let's be honest. They know as well as we do that Steve Trouton Smith is going to disassemble everything immediately, discover that there's an iOS folder inside the system folder, start taking it apart. And he's already started to do that. The the moment they released those developer betas with those four apps that are all built based out of iOS, it was going to be obvious to anyone rummaging through the file system. So they kind of, I mean, they didn't have to do it. But if they wanted to set the conversation and make it clear why they were doing it, they needed to mention it. So, I mean, better that they do that than like stick their fingers in their ears and say, no, 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 we don't know what you're talking about. Pay no attention. Yeah. I mean, it still doesn't have a name, but... A sneak peek? Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. So, Serenity, I know you've spent all week talking to a bunch of people, talking to a bunch of developers and conference attendees. Do you have a sense on how people feel about all of this? Is it a mixed bag? Are people excited? I know people booed OpenGL or the lack of OpenGL. Don't know what's going on there. Well, I think people are really excited about the DVD player. No. Uh, I honestly, I've heard tentative optimism about, you know, Project Sneak Peek and all of the excitement that comes in within it. Not so much because I think people are really like, yeah, iOS on the Mac. 
Um, but I think as I said to, to your co-founder yesterday on Query, because you were otherwise engaged, uh, we, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the few times where the Mac, we can actually point to it and say, hey, we get to run all of the software now. iOS is still limited to just its stuff, but the Mac, we develop all of our software on the Mac, and now we can run all of our apps. We can even, you know, virtualize CarPlay now in the Xcode simulator. And it's, even though it may not feel like a huge win to say, oh, yes, I, I really, really, really wanted uh, to run the, my iOS app, or I really wanted to, you know, play, uh, play threes on my desktop, although I kind of did. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a it's a potentially really good sign for the future of the Mac saying, yeah, we, we kind of recognize that, yes, there's this opening on the consumer side, but also let's really show you that the Mac is the all-purpose tool. Uh, not, the, not that the iPad isn't great, as evidenced, but like the Mac is where we're currently doing all of our software development. And as such, it makes sense to have access to all of those tools. Jason, you wrote something uh, on Macworld this week. Oh, yeah. The, the Mac in 2020. And uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I believe what you said is all the stuff that Serenity just said means the Mac is actually done for. Well, <laughs> again, we're in dark mode. We're back in dark mode now. No. Yeah, uh, no, it, it did take a turn, though, because I had that moment where I thought um, it is fantastic, I think, that you're going to be able to take the efforts of iOS developers and that powerful popular platform that's a lot of peace and um and make it available on the mac like that's huge and there are so many places where as a mac user you end up getting told i spend eight hours a day in front of an imac pro you end up getting told well, well there's a web browser for that or there's an electron app for that and so having the ability to have some of these apps that um that just are never going to come to the mac but they might if their developer has a fairly easy way to get it over i think that's huge and so I like the idea of thinking that the Mac is almost like a professional superset of iOS in the future, potentially. Like, the Mac, I think Craig Federighi said to Wired, like, the Mac is all of these things, like plugging in a bunch of monitors and plugging in a bunch of hard drives and uh, ergonomics with a mouse and a keyboard that iOS is not. And that's all true, um, but where I kind of lost it was the thought about, like, the progression of iOS as a platform. Um, I don't think Apple's going to stop growing and progressing with iOS. And the more iOS grows, the more it pushes into those areas where right now the Mac is different. It's part of that superset. Right. And that, that's my, I think the open question is, where does Apple draw the line or does Apple sort of let iOS continue to progress until, if, if the Mac is, is sort of in opposition to iOS, it's sort of like, it's what iOS isn't. What happens as iOS continues to grow? Does the Mac adapt or does the Mac become kind of more and more a niche product? And that's what it took a turn. It was a little darker. It was a little dark. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think there's some tension there because if you look at the way computers evolve, we ended up with the Mac and the PC as we know them today. And it seems inevitable if Apple keeps pushing the iPad that it will follow that well-worn path. And I struggled because maybe I don't have a good imagination. Uh, I just run a podcast network. I'm not a computer scientist. Like to see how the iPad could evolve and not run into the Mac's territory. It seems inevitable. Well, I think it's less about running into the Mac's territory because, yes, it's already taking like I can do so much more with my iPad 
now than I could when it was released in 2010, but I still think that I'm using the two things for different tasks. I can do the same tasks on my Mac that I do on my iPad, but as the iPad is evolving, I'm using it for more very specific niche tasks that I was never really able to use a Mac for. All the sketching and drawing stuff that I do digitally, you know, I had Wacom tablets growing up and it's not like the experience is really nothing like being able to go outside, sit down under a tree and draw digitally and have the full freedom of drawing digitally. And like that's, there are a whole bunch of potentials of like potential different aspects that I think the iPad can hit. And yes, it might touch up against the Mac, but I don't think the future is iOS versus Mac. I think it's how do we intertwine them and find a way to them to make them work in concert with each other. I like I go back to this this hope that I had when the when the iPad was first announced where I was like, you know what would be really cool? Forget this keyboard and mouse thing. I want the power of a Mac and then I want to essentially like uh, this is going to date me, PowerBook Duo, my iPad, into the Mac, right? And then I have a, t- a multi-touch controller, but for my iMac Pro. And then I, and because of magical uh, hardware rejiggery, both of those chips can work in tandem because, you know, the hardware team at Apple is brilliant and Johnny Saruji is brilliant, and that would be magic. Like, that's the future I want. That is the light timeline right there. Yeah, that's positive. And I like that. I was going to, I was going to say, um, Speaking of positivity, I think you could argue that the future of the Mac is much brighter today and much more interesting because if you've got this influx of apps from iOS, if you think about it, those are apps that are uh, understand native touch Mm -hmm. as well as being adapted for the keyboard and the mouse. It means that if Apple wanted to, it's a lot easier to get to the point where Apple made a convertible device that could sort of act like a tablet with those apps but could also be a laptop. Yeah. And right now, is, right now the Mac couldn't do that because the Mac is not built for touch. But in a future scenario where a lot of the apps on the Mac are built for touch, then Apple has that option. And they, you know, right now they say they're never going to do a, a, a touchscreen Mac because what are they going to say? They are. <laughs> they, they're never going to talk about a future product. But it certainly opens the possibility for the Mac to, the lines to blur a little bit and for the Mac to be more versatile than it is today, which is cool. That's good for the Mac. Well, we ended in a brighter place. So let's leave it there. I'm going to leave the Mac in a happy place. I'll tell you about our first sponsor. This show is brought to you by Microsoft. Microsoft believes any developer should be able to build, deploy, and scale their apps without having to worry about managing services or underlying infrastructure. Whether you're an Objective-C developer or a cool Swift developer like Casey Liss, <laughs> hire him. <laughs> please, please. Azure has what you need to ship your apps faster and with more confidence. It lets you do all sorts of cool stuff like build in the cloud, test on real devices, automatically, dis- dis- <clears throat> automatically, it does it happens on its own. Automatically? Yeah, automatically. <laughs> you can send stuff out to beta testers and the app store. You can monitor your apps with real-time crash reports, and you can even add in pre-built AI services to make your apps more intelligent. If you're a game developer, you get a complete back-end platform for iOS games with real-time analytics, player management, live ops, and more. Here's what you need to do. Go check out this page they've set up. It'll be in the show notes, but the URL is aka.ms slash iOS and Azure. Microsoft, they're in town this week. They've made a bunch of great stuff possible for our community. AltConf, this show, ATP, the talk show. Um, They're big supporters of this community. And that time of weirdness between us and Microsoft is well well in the past. 
They're great people. Big thanks to Microsoft for supporting our live show, for making this possible, and for supporting Relay FM. Microsoft. All right, so in our few minutes left, I want to talk a little bit about the Mac App Store. Another place before this week we thought was in the dark, but now it has come (laughs) into the light. There's a Star Wars reference in there somewhere. (laughs) Uh, So some big apps, I think for our community, the news is some big apps of people we know and trust are coming back to the App Store. Yes. Apps like Transmit and BB Edit, it left years ago, coming back, announced on stage, which is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and it seems to be that, that there have been some changes behind the scenes that make this possible. Ren, uh, what can you say about that? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Uh, so from what I understand, you know, the Mac App Store, we've looked at it from a long time as, oh, sandboxing is kind of evil, right? Oh, it's, it's, it takes away everything and it takes away our ability to do things. And it's true in a, in a way in that it's a, it's a, it was definitely a new way of navigating around complex security issues. And uh, it's had some ups and downs throughout the years. And there are certain things that we kind of took for granted as Mac apps, being able to access root, for example, and say, hey, I need to modify the permissions of that file. And it's something that Sandbox really didn't know how to do or how to deal with. Um, and it sounds like, you know, um, that Transmit and, um, and uh, PB Edit are, yes, I was like, and Bare Bones, which is yeah. not the Rich name Siegel. of the app, and Rich Siegel, <laughs> uh, Transmit and BB Edit are coming back to the Mac App Store in part because they've figured out a way to solve this problem without taking away sandboxing and solve it for all developers, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, obviously, like, I, I don't know the nitty-gritty stuff of it, and we'll see probably more in the fall, but it, it does sound uh, pretty promising, honestly, that like as the platform is evolving and as the security team is able to do more and more uh, more and more con- like tweaks and, and ways to support the Mac developers without taking away our security and our privacy, and you know, we've, we've seen with Spectre and everything else that you know, the Mac is just as vulnerable to certain things as any, as any platform in this, at, at this point. So we really want to make sure that all of that comes together. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it, honestly. Like it, it may not be where it is right now, but the fact that they're really putting not only some effort behind it, but clearly both DevRel and you know the folks. Uh, I'm sure this was a multi-part process to talk to Panic, to talk to Barebones, to talk to a whole bunch of... I'm sure there are other developers that are being talked to that we haven't heard about, right? They can't, like... You only have a certain number of names up there on that stage to, to preview. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel tentatively... I'm going to go back to my earlier statement. I feel tentatively hopeful about, uh, about the, the future of the Mac and Mac software. And, you know, I mean, all three of us kind of, like, love love the Mac, right? We, we have a special place in our heart for it. And I'm sure many of you out in the audience and people who are listening do too. Uh, and it, it really excites me, the fact that they're trying to actually make the Mac App Store maybe worth playing in. But it's not perfect yet, as we might well see if we continue to talk about other Mac App Store things, which I'm guessing we might. There's some more things in the Google Sheet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. There's a Google Sheet? It is. I thought we were just making all of this up. Sorry, I work in the cloud team. <laughs> Take action, everybody. Uh, so the other, I think, big App Store story, and it's not just the Mac, but I think it's most interesting on the Mac, is uh, free trials. And so I, I've been a little out of the loop, and you did air quotes. <laughs> so what, what's the fine print here? Faux, faux free trials? Well, it's basically just the 
app store guidelines uh, have now kind of reworded things being like, well, if you would like to offer free trials, you can basically do the same workaround that Omni did in yeah, 2016 to offer free trials by basically offering a free app and then saying in very bold letters, 14 day free trial, and then offering your full app as an in-app purchase. But for the record, as your free app, you should probably, you know, have some kind of functionality uh, that was verbatim. No, <laughs> I bet. But it's basically more or less what they're saying is they did not give us magically here. Now it's a nice little drop down if you want a free app, a paid app or a free trial and then paid app. It's still kind of work in progress. Uh, and part of me honestly think that 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 is because App Store is still not convinced that enough people want to use this feature. Uh, so developers, users, people who buy software, Let's prove the Mac App Store wrong and that free trials are great and really should be a standard feature. Use that bug reporter app. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, like this, this, seemed, this workaround, I'm glad that it's in the App Store review guidelines now, but it really does seem like a, okay, we'll do this because people have been asking for it and it gives developers more guidelines, uh, but we really don't think that we need to spend the development time building this into our software. Yeah, it's like a hack on the in-app purchase. It's, yeah. it's an in-app purchase that, um, that opens the app up. And because it's an in-app purchase, you can't do all sorts of things with it, like share it with a family. And like there are all of these other issues with it, but it's better than nothing. And it is, yeah, it's Apple codifying saying, yeah, okay, you can do what Omni did if you really want to. But it's, mm -hmm. not, it's, it's, it's still a little bit of a hack of the system, but it's mm -hmm. good that at least it's clear that it's allowed. It's better than nothing. Yes, I am all for the Mac App Store and all of the app stores, honestly, being more clear both with developers and end users. Uh, I know in the very the earlier years of the Mac App Store, we had a lot of a pass like a very not in translucence, right? Very much opaque rules, and some people were getting through this, and some people weren't. And the more the more clarity that they can offer on that, the better. Phil Schiller taking over the App Store process. I mean, we saw a lot of things with app review speeding up. We saw a lot of things with changes in the iOS App Store. Yep. It definitely feels like the Mac App Store was kind of like, okay, we all know the iOS App Store is huge. The Mac App Store is small. So priorities, got it. But clearly in this last year, they have been paying attention to the Mac App Store too. We see it where they're going to do um, the editorial content that they brought last year to iOS mm -hmm. is going to be on the Mac App Store with the you know original um, stories that are being written by a mysterious group of editors who are who can't be named inside of mysterious. Apple and some beautiful artwork that uh, gets commissioned and mm -hmm. and it's it's beautiful. They're going to do that for the Mac too, which is great. But if that's all they were doing. They would be, you know, it would be, they'd run out yeah. <laughs> potentially pretty fast of stuff to write about yeah, because they need to also change the, change the guidelines. So change the culture and no, I'm, yeah, it's mm. exciting to think that, that, you know, we always said they should just change their policies and it sounds like they're like, no, we're not going to change our policies, but we're going to add features that allow apps to ask to have more power. And that, that works. That's great. Totally. Uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about. My timer just changed color, so it's a good time yeah. to move to this. Uh, screen time. So this is yeah. not coming to the Mac. It's, it's iOS only at this point, but I wanted to talk to you all about it. It's this collection of features. So a user can go in and see a weekly report to see how much time they spend on Instagram. Too much. How much the time they spend on YouTube. Too much. You can do limits. You can say, I only want to spend you know, uh, X amount of minutes on Twitter, and then... After that time's up, you get a pop-up that says, hey, sorry, time's up. You can override that, of course, if you really got to see what the president's tweeting. But um, 
you can obey your past self and, and move on with your life. Um, I find this, this collection of things really interesting for a bunch of reasons. And we talked about it on Connected a couple of weeks ago. Google's doing a similar thing in Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple said on the talk show they've been working on this in a year. It's not a knee-jerk thing to Google I.O., but uh, these companies are doing this. And Mike says something really interesting, that there's a, an inherent friction when the maker of the device is also making things that, so you don't use your device as much. And, like, there's a weird relationship between those two things. Hmm. Uh, and I'm curious, Jason, do you think that this is going to be a feature a lot of people use that's going to really impact the way we use our devices or it's something that we all feel bad about ourselves and then just turn it off and move on? Well, it's funny. They're not going to talk about it in this context, but it's very clear from some of the charts that this is using a lot of the same concepts as from their health stuff in terms of like you know monitoring your usage. And I think like the health stuff, it's all about, I imagine Apple employs psychologists to talk about this sort of thing, right? Uh, it, that would be an interesting job. But the idea of how do you motivate people, and this is not going to stop somebody who wants to use their phone all the time from doing that. It's all about like the power of knowledge, self-knowledge, that idea that I didn't realize I spent that much time, and now that I know that I spend 10 hours a day on Twitter, I can maybe set a limit at nine hours and see how I do, or whatever. <laughs> how much whatever time are you is. spending on Twitter every day? I, I, under, it's, I don't know. I don't Have know you even installed I the beta yet? 12 yet. <laughs> it's a lot, probably. It's probably Too a lot. Much. Although, I would also like to, like, can we put educational apps in and say you really should spend more time using this app? Like, little... Yeah. Some positive. Do the other. It's yeah. a 2.0 feature I'd love to do. Is it's like you have spent five hours on Twitter. Would you like to learn a new language with Memorize instead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, you, look at our collection on the App Store. You could have learned this many words in Italian if you hadn't been on Twitter. Oh God, yeah. Don't don't tell me the procrastination thing. But like Jason said, I really I really do think they're following the health model and to good extent. You know, health. There was I think some concern when health first came out that they were going to barrage you with notifications of like. Did you know that you haven't been on a walk yet today? And, you know, the Apple Watch does this to a certain extent, but when it comes to health itself on the iPhone, it's very passive, and screen time is the same way. Screen time, you know, when you install the iOS 12 beta, hypothetically, if you, if you choose to do so, um, when you pull it up, it's not like, it's like, hello, welcome to screen time, welcome to your new managed portal, we're going to do all of this for you, you are not allowed to use your phone ever again. Uh, no, it's, it's a setting, right? It is a small setting that you have to go in and manually play with and enable. And I think Apple does this in part because they want to offer these features. Um, you know, Craig compared it, or uh, was it Jaws last night who compared it to uh, like weight loss, like a weight lo- like when if you want to lose weight or if you want to track calories, no amount of and and you actually want to do it. That's when you opt in and grab the app. But no one like shoving a calorie counter in front of your face without your consent is going to make you want to lose calories. It's just going to make you angry at this person being like, why, why are you doing this? Why is this thing in my face? Uh, so I really actually appreciate that Apple is offering such detailed and comprehensive tools without necessarily throwing them constantly on the screen. Yeah, they, you have to want to change. Yeah. And but you have to be armed with information that we don't currently have. So right. now we'll have it, and I think that's great. Like we, I've used a time tracking app on my Mac and had that moment of realization of like, <laughs> what did I do for that hour? Did I just stare at the computer for an hour and just mm-hmm. go into a fugue state? Yes, I re- perhaps I did. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good to discover no. that. Did I really? So just you want spend, that? Yeah, yeah self realization. Yeah. Was I looking at that web page for that long? Mm-hmm. No, it's a lot of time on Twitter's. 
all Twitter. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm excited about it. There's some parental control stuff as well. So like, you know, if you got kids with an iPad or, or an iPhone or something, you can, you can see how much they're. Yeah. You can see how much they're they're doing and, yeah. and or a husband. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, like I know in my household, I think we're going to do this and I'm very curious like I'm going to be on the losing end of this. Right? It's like how much do you use your phone at night? How much do you use your phone at night? And it's not good for me. Uh, I'd like to see it on the Mac. I think, like like you, Jason, like uh, you run to a degree, I spend my working day on the Mac. Mm-hmm. And so there are lots of great apps that do that. One of them is a sponsor tonight. It's not a plug. Just a coincidence. But I would like to see this really be cross-platform. Then we could really, Apple could really build a case for no matter where you are in our ecosystem, you can be mindful of what you're doing. And that feels like something that would be an obvious win down the road. Oh, yeah. I think that that's definitely in their roadmap. I would be surprised if it wasn't. It's more of a, you know, uh, if you're weighing and you're saying, man, all right, can we bring dark mode to the Mac this year or can we bring screen time? Hmm. And I'm guessing the dark mode won out by like a little margin. A little bit. Yeah. It does look really cool. It really does cool. look really cool. And there, I mean, and there are third-party apps that do some of this. Totally. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as desperately it's not as urgent, needed. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In my mind, uh, we've all been in the situation where you're watching Netflix and it comes up. It's like, are you still there? And like, in my mind, I read that in a very judgmental way. Like, are you seriously yeah. still watching The Office? And so uh, I'm curious how I will personally respond to this. But I'm excited because, like you said, I think we all know that we struggle with this. But until we have numbers, it's really hard to talk about. And I think Apple giving us all the information we need to better manage this is, is a good thing. Yeah, you know, and maybe 2.0 on iOS will get sad emojis every time you overstay your limit. So it's just like, Steven. Oh, man. Right? I don't, that, that's, a, that's a guilt trip right this there. This is it's not syncing, the future I want. It's syncing with your watch data, so it would also be like, hey, Netflix guy, time to stand. Time to stand. <laughs> Uh, well, Jason and Cerny, thank you for joining me. Give it up for these guys. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. You can find them. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. They're on a bunch of shows. Jason writes Six Colors. Serenity is in charge at iMore. They make great stuff. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, go get familiar with them. And we both do podcasts with Stephen Hackett on Relay FM. It's true. I didn't. I didn't want to. That felt weird for me to say, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Right. See, that wasn't that weird. We're connected in different ways. That's right. That's right. Neither of us has a beard, though, so. No. I know it's weird for you. Yeah. Smooth. You're really in the cell zone now, man. Really glad I'm not sitting next to you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Since I said Jason was old earlier, let me say this. I'm going to embarrass him. If you had told me eight years ago that I was going to be on stage next to Jason Snell, I, my mind would have been blown. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Jason started that applause. That's not fair. <laughs> this show is also brought to you by Away. Away makes smart premium suitcases so your luggage doesn't cost more than your plane ticket. When you buy an Away suitcase, you can charge all your devices while you travel because it has this cool battery in the carry-on case, and you can unclip it. Mine is actually downstairs. I was plugging, plugging my phone into it earlier. You can charge your phone up to five times. Go to awaytravel.com connected, and you can browse Away suitcases. They're all made with premium German polycarbonate. 
It's unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. I feel like I could jump up and down on it and it would be fine. It's still lightweight. They have 10 colors and five sizes. A carry-on, a bigger carry-on when you have just a little bit more to bring. The medium, a large, and the kids carry-on, which frankly is adorable. Away cuts out the middleman so you can get first-class luggage at coach prices. And they have these patent-pending compression system so you can squeeze lots of stuff in. 360-degree spinner wheels so you can dance through the airport in like really nice loops. It's wonderful. And they're compliant with all compliant with all major US airlines while maximizing the amount you can pack. They feature a movable washable laundry bag so you can separate your clean clothes from your worn ones. And I like you, I think most of us have spent time on an airplane this week. I spent time on an airplane today. I could glide through the airport, get into a lift, get into my Airbnb and everything was safe and secure in that thing. So travel smarter with the suitcase that charges your phone. To find out more about Away, go to awaytravel.com slash connected. Use the code connected at checkout, and you get 20 bucks off any of their suitcases. That's awaytravel.com slash connected, and the code connected for $20 off. Thank you to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM. For our second segment this evening, I would like to bring out two very handsome Young men from Europe. Be sure to give Mike that energy he craves. Mike Hurley, Federico Vitici. Yeah, that was it. Thank you. Everyone. Is that enough energy, Mike? Yeah, it was good. Uh, a good I mean, amount of energy? I mean, we yeah. can't do it again. It's done. I was uh, kind of afraid that I was going to walk out here and just John Syracuse will be there uh, alone. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of better. You're doing yeah. a good job. Thank you. Yeah. I do have to say, this is not the first time Connected has been on stage this week. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a great week so far. So we're watching the keynote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federico's in the room. Mm-hmm. Mike is here in San Jose. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it alone and all of a sudden they're talking about podcasts on watch os and i was super psyched for marco Armin. I, I, you know super psyched for all these podcast apps to come in the watch and then it got a little bit sweeter because a very familiar rainbow colored globe was the example artwork yep mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um i blacked out a little bit <laughs> I genuinely, I know that there was like a demo on an exercise bike, but I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. I have no memory of it. And uh, I had to, I think I had to be hugged into existence again. But it was, it was incredible. And, and obviously we are very happy because it was our show. But it was a, it was, I think it was a great thing for Apple to have chosen a show like ours to show on stage. You would say that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd probably say it if it was ATP. Probably, I think. Mm. I don't know. I like those guys. They're okay. all right. <laughs> um, but I just think that it was, it was very easy to have a more mainstream show sure. shown there. And I think that it was a, just another thing in, in a keynote that I think was really focused towards that community. I think we saw it in the videos at the start and the end as well. So I think it was really great. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, but first, I'm very concerned about this because this showed up in my doc. Uh, uh, don't be concerned. Three minutes ago. All right, so I wanted to do some research about this place. And I went online and I Googled uh, San Jose Hammer Theater. And I wanted to just give you a little you know, bit of fun facts about this. Tour Guide Tichi, everybody. Tour Guide Tichi. So, we would like to come back here next year 
Don't worry, I took out all the. So bad if it's parts. like if there's some like horrific backstory, no, it's no, no, better no. So the sad. theater was uh, the first professional theater company here in San Jose. It was founded in 1980, so you were probably already like 52 or something. Yeah, um, 55 that fall. <laughs> it is named after Phil and Susan Hammer. I did some research about, uh, research about them. So Phil is an attorney. Uh, he doesn't work anymore, so he's retired. Uh, did you call him? Uh, is he I, here? Uh, so I wanted to add him on LinkedIn, but that was kind of <laughs> weird. So, you know. um, but Susan was the real star of the show. So Susan Hammer was the, fir- was the mayor of San Jose from 1991 to 1999. Now, the problem is that in, the, in 1990, uh, unfortunately, um, rapper MC Hammer was popular. <laughs> and Why I, is this so unfortunate? Because... According to an article that I found, um, kids who saw Susan Hammer in the street will often shout, it's hammer time. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, but according to the Mercury News, which is a website here, Mm -hmm. the word is more than just a website. Also, you can visit that website anywhere. You don't have to be just here to see it. On this local network, you can is visit Mercury World News. Wide Web. Is that how net neutrality works? I don't know. No. Um, oh, God. So there were, uh, Susan had a few nicknames. Uh-huh. So she loved, uh, she, she loves, she's still alive. She loves tennis. Okay. And so some folks uh, used to call her Mayor Topspin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also... <laughs> Off the air, some folks will refer to her as... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why, but I swear I copy and paste it. Okay. The hamster. <laughs> well, yeah, because hammer, right? Hamster. Um, San Jose citizens are not new to uh, nicknames for mayors. Okay. You may be familiar with Tom McHenry, yep. who, uh, you know, the McHenry Convention Center, Center. Sure. where WWDC happens. Uh, he was also uh, mayor of this city, mm-hmm. and he used to be called the Prince. <laughs> but do you have no why? <laughs> Nicknames. Okay. The, the Prince. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lord Mayor. Oh. And finally. <laughs> Big Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> so that's my research. Thank you so much. That was. That was the most specific episode of Ungenius that's ever been done. Thanks, Topspin. <laughs> okay, so last week. Yep. Last week. Yep. We d- we don't do predictions on Connected. No. Because you get into trouble. Yep. We do what's called the happyometer, mm-hmm. and we decide. Not predictions. They're not predictions. Nope. It's things that would make us the most happy, completely divorced from reality. Yeah. So it's not that Apple should or will or ever will do these things. It's things that if they did this, it would be like Phil Schiller came to me and just gave me a hug and slipped mm-hmm. this feature into my pocket. I think that's how software works. It goes right in there? Yep. Please stop. Sorry. <laughs> so we, uh, we have our results. We do. And as, as promised, we will grade these on the, on the teaching scale. Yes. Which, could you please read the full teaching scale, Federico? I have it here, physically. Yep. We have a printout. This is a, a little card. Teaching scale. Yep. Um, 
starts from nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> it's real bad. Nightmare. Goes up to inferior minus. <laughs> it's not as bad Moving as... Moving on to inferior. Inferior, yeah. Then we enter the orange-yellow mm -hmm. zone of the scale. Decent. Decent, yeah. Normal. Normal. This is where it gets good. Yep. Yeah, good. good. It gets good, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're into the good section. Then there's good plus. Good plus. And finally, there's best I love you. Best I love you. All right. Best I love you. Oh, best I love you too. So, um... <laughs> I would say we've, we've scored it. I think I, I got three things. Okay. I got uh, what happened to the workflow team. I got indications of a shared app platform, which I think nobody thought I was going to get, but I believed in it. Uh, and a, a generic emoji face and emoji. So I think that I kind of got decent, decent on the scale. So what do you think? Be, I guess you have to do it. One best I love you for workflow. Uh, oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Subscoring? Huh? Are you subscoring each pit? I mean, this is... A very complicated system you're creating. I mean, the, the workflow is... Um, it's the best I love it's you. It's best I love you. It's okay. best. Uh, the shared app platform... Good. Good. It's Good. not here yet. The app's look kind the of weird. Emoji, I'm we don't need to do all of it. We just... Overall, is fine. We, overall, I would say... Because hey, we have overall, a lot. tell another man how to use his scale. There's like another... <laughs> Hold there's on. There's like another nine more. <laughs> it's true. We're going to be here a long time. I think it's the, it's the emoji that brings you down to normal. Hey, come on. You mentioned the yellow face. That is not a That is true. I thought you yeah. were. You forgot the smiley standard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How'd I do? Well, you got consolidation of gestures. They went the wrong way. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> now the iPad way. pulls down from the top right, yeah. which is the wrong place. I was. So nightmare. I'm both. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a nightmare. Mm. Maybe inferior minus. Maybe well, inferior minus. HomeKit support for the Mac. It's good. Yeah, it's great. It's one, two fans. Improvements to the core apps. And Finder, Finder got a lot of love. Is I mean, that, they did an app though. I don't think Finder it, an app. It's the app. Mm. Mm. It's like, is the heart a organ or is can it heart? Download it from the app store. Yeah, can you get it from the app store? Can you get it from the app store? We don't have one of those. Do you know what the app store is? No, I just listened. You do now. We right? do now because it's getting <laughs> our apps. Oh. So it's a real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what are we given? I, th I think like it's like a like a good, no, decent, no, normal. normal, 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 normal. Yeah. Now I wonder where this one's gonna go. We go to Federico's uh, complete no notifications overhaul, improved, mm -hmm. customizable, do not disturb, mm -hmm. recommitment to the Mac App Store, third-party dev access to the Siri Watch face, and to improve and monitor screen time and digital health. Where did you score on the scale? I mean. This is a good plus. Good plus. Solid yeah, I think plus. so. Okay, so, so to recap, good plus, normal, good. Good. Wait, no, that shouldn't be right. You got more than I did. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm normal, he gets good, you get good plus. Okay. That feels, that feels right. Yeah. I can do that. So I think it's time to open the mystery box. There's a mystery oh box. Uh, mystery For box. people that okay. can only hear this, Stephen brought a box onto the stage and it just says the word mystery on it and it's got like brown packing tape on it doesn't look weird in any way it says did Amazon wrote write mystery on it <laughs> yeah, it did oh interesting it's okay. uh I'm a deluxe prime member they label your boxes for you now mm. okay oh ASMR <laughs> all I told Mike was I'm spending some company money so I got some things to present. Okay. Okay. Some show and tell. Well, sort of. Okay. But you get to take these home. Oh. Mm. There's, 
this is the worst unboxing I've ever seen. Yeah, this is <laughs> the podcast is not YouTube. Pull it together. All right, so we have Mike in third place. Yep. Okay. Don't look. Are you going to work this out? Oh, you didn't close sit. your eyes. I don't know which order I put them in the box. Wait, if you're listening at home and you're driving, don't close your eyes. <laughs> Please don't close your eyes. We have three separate parcels. Do you want to just open these a little bit quicker? No, I think it's good. All right. Okay. Because we have to think of things to say while we're okay. like going through. So in third place. All right. Drum roll. Oh, look at that. We have a drum roll. Oh. oh. <laughs> Can you explain your prize? I have a trophy, uh, which is white porcelain in nature because it is a toilet. Is it engraved anywhere? That, 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 like what did I get? Much. Decent? Decent? Like, what would I have gotten for Nightmare? That one? Oh, you uh, don't want to know. Three. It's only three. So, now I have to put this toilet trophy on in your, my luggage. On your mantle. And it goes on. Yep, great. Thank you. Okay. Was your nice. fiance is going to love it. She's going to be so excited. She said, I really hope that you come home with a toilet trophy. So who's next? This you next. I'm next. This is the awkward part of this is I have to give myself an award. Okay. Yeah, it's just going to be incredible, right? It's like money or something. Oh, look, it's a gold what? star. It's a trophy. It's even got a plaque. I don't have a plaque. It's what a trophy th- holding a trophy. Second place. And it says decent. This, that's not fair. Why wow. I get, How did you get it done? I am the senior vice president of trophies. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So Federico, and I'm really glad Federico won because when I bought this, I wanted it to go to you. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh no! <laughs> it is a golden laptop. I think it's a Dell, though. It's one of because it has two. It's click one of up. those things with trackpads. But, and Federico's has a has a thing too. It says "Happy Armor champion. champion." Why didn't I at least get a a, a plaque on the third place, baby? This is... All right, thank you, Stephen. Um, but these are did I ever tell you the story when I almost won a trophy when no. I was a kid? No. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be sad. <laughs> All right. So when I was ten, my dad on a Sunday thought that it would be a fun family experience to go fishing. But instead of going to an actual lake, we went to an artificial lake um, where there was... Like a so- swimming pool? Are you no, it was, like, pool? it was like one of those uh, lakes where just like they do fish stocking. So they okay. just throw a bunch of fish into the lake. Um, and you can go there as a kid and you can fish. <laughs> You're guaranteed to catch And something. there was some... I don't remember the details, but there was some kind of competition. Like a disease? What kind a of fish. Thing gonna, oh, You're not catching a disease. Oh, sorry. There was You're not getting in the lake. Did you get in the lake? No, I didn't get into okay. the lake. Okay. Um, so they give me all the equipment, and I was real young. Uh, and so I was like, you got to catch like a trout or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very okay. specific. Yeah. And there was some kind of competition. They were going to give you some kind of medal or yeah. trophy. And I tried for, I swear, for like four hours. Okay. Oh, no. And it's supposed to be real easy because they literally feel the they dump fish into the lake. <laughs> so it's basically... They're alive? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, they are. I don't <laughs> You're know. You're going to fish that. I don't know. You make it really easy or something. I don't know. So, like a net. <laughs> <laughs> so after a couple of hours, it's like, keep trying, keep trying. You'll, you'll catch some fish. Um, okay. My dad and my mom started to get concerned that, you know, my... 
my self-esteem would basically be destroyed because it was everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they talked to the, to the organization that was doing these things. like, our son is not, you know, he can't fish. Like, <laughs> but this is strange <laughs> because everybody else is. So after four hours, um, my dad is like, maybe we should go home. Uh, oh. But I was real sad. I was really bummed out. And this is where um, it gets real bad. Oh. In the sense that... <laughs> The company that was running this uh, place uh-huh. thought <laughs> that I was going to be slightly happier if I went home <laughs> with a fish. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was that they gave me a frozen trout <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> from the freezer that they had. You really should caught one. And I went home. Life hack. I packed this frozen trout. <laughs> <laughs> When we arrived home, it smelled so bad. (laughs) (laughs) My dad just dumped it into the trash. (laughs) That's just it. I was traumatized for like weeks. I mean, I'm still not sure why this even started, though. Is this like a rite of passage in Italy? Like every boy must catch a trout before he can become a man. that's where I'm from. We do that in the South. Oh, okay. It's a different thing. So, uh, thank you for the award. If Fine. only it was a fish. I finally have one. <laughs> Yay, Federico. I have uh, an important item of follow-up. 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 Memoji have fixed the tiny head problem. They're huge. They're huge. So if you've, the Memoji is, which is probably my favorite feature of iOS 12. Weird. So unlike. Uh, if you take a picture with one of them, the head is oversized. So Apple listened. We know they listen to the show and love the show. And they fixed the tiny head problem for us. Let's give it up for Apple. Yay. Yay. All right. I have a very special ad break right now because oh, it includes man. a challenge. Ooh. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Timing, the app that can help automate your time tracking to save you as much time as possible. First, it automatically tracks how you spend your time on your Mac, broken down by app, website, and document. But that's a lot of data to work through, so Timing lets you use drag and drop to create rules that will automatically categorize your time for you. Timing also understands that not all of your work will happen while you're sitting at your Mac, so they will automatically suggest gaps in your timeline and how to fill them so you never forget to track that meeting or phone call. It can even automatically ask you whatever it was you were doing when you returned to your Mac. Timing is so confident that you're going to love their fuss-free approach. They offer a totally free trial. You can download the free 14-day trial today by going to timingapp.com connected and save 10% when you purchase. Now, Federico, I need you to go to the clock app on your phone, please, and get a 30-second timer ready. Because considering timing is all about time tracking, we're going to do a time-based challenge. So I have a piece of paper here. So, Stephen. Hi. We're going to see, in 30 seconds, how many vintage Macs you can name. (laughs) Can I just say... John Syracuse is 14 feet away from me. Yep. He gave me some, like, instructions. And I know. You made me leave the room. I don't really remember what it... Like, I don't... He told me a thing, and I don't really know what it means, though. What'd he say? Maybe I could... No, I won't tell you afterwards no. in case it gives it away. So, are you ready? 30 seconds? Yeah, get 30 so, seconds. So, vintage. I just want to be... Just as many as you want. You I'll just say, go for it. I wasn't nervous at walking on stage tonight. I'm nervous about this. All right, so Wait, you got... I have, I have a reputation. You've got to count them. 
two, Federico. Oh, right, we can all count them. Do you know what okay. we can count? No, it'd be too uh, too noisy. I will we'll count. count. All right, yes. you count them. You I'll count work them. this out beforehand. Nope. No, don't worry about it. Uh, start the timer now. Go. Original Macintosh, Macintosh 512, uh, Macintosh SE, Macintosh SE 30, the most important one. Don't waste Macintosh 2, Macintosh 2CI, Macintosh 2CX, Macintosh 2FX, <laughs> a bunch of quadros no one cares about, so that's yep. like 30 machines right there. We'll jump forward in time. I'm not counting any. iMac G3, Power yeah. Mac G3, iBook G3, iBook G4, 14-inch iBook G4, two separate models. All right, that's enough of that. We're done. Yeah, 14. Because, thank, you. thank you very much. You did, I, I did give even, it up for Steven. No, I think you did. Right, yeah. did right. I don't know. I lost count. It was a lot. It was like 150. Yeah, 150. So what John said to me before, he just sent me an iMessage that said, Mac versus Macintosh? Mm. So, yeah, some... some He's right there. I know. He said something about, like, they changed the names or something. Certain points. Yeah, I mean, you know. What? Can't win them all. Should we talk about Siri shortcuts? Let's Ooh. do it. We have the man right here. Okay. Cover Tichi. So, Siri okay. shortcuts. The, the announcement of Siri shortcuts was like a roller coaster of emotion. Yes. Because I think it became very clear to all of us pretty quickly that this was what the workflow team were doing. And any time... Workflow has been mentioned in any way for the last year. It has been met with, oh, is this when it's dead? Like, is this, is it mm. now? Does it, is it get, is it dead now? And it definitely looked like they were doing something and that might mean that it's going to go away. But then there was like this whole roller coaster. And then when we saw the UI, it's like, oh, it looks just like workflow. Yeah, when we time. saw, when we saw the, when I saw the icon, I showed the icon to Casey who was sitting next to me. I was like, I think this is workflow. Yeah, you, you, like, you got that intuition going on. Yeah. I guess like shapes and squares and letters, it's all yeah. very similar. So when you, uh, when, when workflow was acquired, you wrote an article talking about kind of, and you outlined a bunch of different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And if I'm right, I think where we are right now is best case, right? It's like best I love you. Yes. This. Um, it appears to be the best timeline possible so far, in that um, not only are they going to keep doing what Workflow used to do, which is automation, but they are expanding um, into deep system-level Siri integration. So the Siri shortcuts that uh, Apple showed on stage are the effectively the new way for developers to expand SiriKit um, with a bunch of APIs that we can talk about briefly. But the idea would be you can start simple with these shortcuts, and then if you want, you can move on to the more advanced stuff, which is what Workflow used to be. Would you say it's a deep and open framework? <laughs> no. No. I got it. You got it. I got this it. Is Last year in the Happyometer... Federico picked a deep and open framework for messages. Message, well, yeah. deep and open. And no one knew what it meant. And we asked him, and he didn't. I give you either. an explanation. But we all blacked out. Yeah. And obviously, I learned from my mistake because I won, and you didn't. <laughs> I didn't get that thing, though. You did win, though. All right, so what is actually going on here? All right, so there's. To simplify, there's two types of shortcuts at a high level. There's the, uh, the shortcuts that Apple showed initially, like the suggestions and the predictive shortcuts. Those that you can get in the spotlight search, you can get on the lock screen, you can get um, 
as a notification, uh, for example, to expand and you know pops up a menu. And those are based, um, my understanding, they're highly based on two different types of technologies. One will be the NS user activity API, which is the same one that's been used for Spotlight Search since I think iOS 9 maybe, uh, which is a, basically a way to take you back into a specific screen or piece of content into an app, like, I don't know, your favorite coffee shop or something. Um, they can also use uh, SiriKit intents, which would mean that they don't just take you into a, another app. They show you a piece of custom UI mm -hmm. that you can interact with uh, using simple actions built in. And then there's the, I think Apple calls them on the website, personalized shortcuts. Yep. And those are the workflows that we used to put together. These are like the multi-chain actions yes. that are being created by drag and drop and, and, yes. look like, and have all this. Okay. Has all the stuff that we used to? So um, my understanding based on um, what I've seen from the screenshots, from the keynote, from the State of the Union, from sessions, things I've heard uh, around. Um, information you picked up from the floor. Yes. Walking around, like yes. people dropping papers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know. Um, That's how it goes. It's such a mess in mm -hmm. the convention center. Yeah. Um, it, the goal should be that this is a workflow replacement in that very little, if nothing, should break okay. when you move on to shortcuts. Okay. And, of course, things change. Um, and, but my understanding is that if you look at the actions, for example, you can see the scripting categories. You can see the text uh, types of actions. You can see uh, the magic variables. Uh, this is all stuff that used wow. to be in workflow. Okay. And uh, especially the scripting section, that was the one that I was most concerned about. And this is like the external API access this, and stuff like that? No, that's, like, that's the web okay. section, which okay. is in there. That's in there. Uh, okay. the, the scripting would be the conditional blocks or uh, okay. loops, so mm -hmm. that real advanced stuff yep. for workflow. And that's all in, in addition to new HomeKit integrations. So there's the old stuff, and which my hope and my understanding so far is that you're existing workflows will, should not break in theory. And also there's new actions and the simple shortcuts that you uh, can set up in settings in iOS 12, the predictive shortcuts, those can become actions if you put together an actual workflow or personalized shortcut. So, so really, this is the best workflow app that could ever mm -hmm. exist. In theory, yes. Because it has... All of Apple's stuff, like HomeKit, which they were never going to put in mm -hmm. before. Plus, because it's becoming a huge system feature. Really, we were talking about this earlier. For iOS, it is the big developer feature this year. Yes. It's like one of the only big things that developers can do over the next few months for new APIs mm -hmm. and stuff. So it will also be encouraging huge companies to add these shortcuts in. So really, it's like the very best it could ever be mm -hmm. yeah this is a guaranteed best i love you yeah i think so. <laughs> going I think to the going is. to the siri team and saying best i love you and they're everybody. expanding it just beyond the phone or the iPad. Exactly. Right? so it's so, on the watch it's on the so HomePod. it will not be on the watch as uh, an actual app but you will see shortcuts on the watch as part of the siri watch face can you trigger them with Siri on the yes. watch? Because you can on the HomePod too, right? Yeah, you, will, you should be able to do this stuff with Siri everywhere. And the... Apple TV Siri? No one Apple cares. Apple TV? Seriously? It's not on the that, Mac, that's what yeah. you want to know? Apple TV? 
of, of all the possible questions that you have in there, <laughs> Apple TV is your question? Is this the hill you want to die on, Apple TV? Just came to mind. Okay. We do have limited time. But what I also saw on the website is the presence of a widget. So Workflow used to have a widget, and you were able to trigger workflows from the widget. Um, what happened was some workflows could run from the constraints of the widget, which was like a super minimal UI. But if it was too complex, it would kick you back to the workflow app, right? So if it's based on the same system, it's easy to imagine uh, shortcuts uh, that would run in the widget and would say, hey, this is too complex for me. Like, if you need to enter something with the keyboard, you need to open the main app. But if the same system also powered the HomePod or the watch, I can see how some workflows, some shortcuts, uh, would be able to run directly in an audio-only environment, and others would say, you need to continue on your phone. So this, to me, seems like it's the workflow that we know and love, but only just growing into more directions, only deeper in the system, thanks to Siri and thanks to third-party apps, which is a huge focus at the sessions this year. Just like They want to make sure that no matter what your app does, you can integrate with Siri, which I think it's uh, unexpected, because we, I, was, I was surprised to see this, honestly. What you just said there is what I've been thinking of. Like, Why are they doing this? Right? Because workflow has been considered a niche power user app, right? And it was one of the reasons why it was such a surprise that when they purchased it, it remained. Um, it remained in the store. So, like, why would Apple spend so much time and effort into making the system better? And I think, I theorize, the problem is SiriKit. Under the current system of SiriKit, the way that they're adding these different categories of applications, they never would get them all. You're never going to be able, like with the way that they've been doing it currently, it's going to take too long, too slow to add all of these different types of applications every single time. So now they're kind of just like, well, you can kind of do anything. You just, and we'll make it work. Mm -hmm. So the, yes, the idea would be that there's a, developers can do custom intents um, in SiriKit uh, if they want to show any kind of UI. So it seems like they're still doing the limited domains, very specific domains like note-taking or messaging or payments. But they're also allowing developers of more generic type of utilities or something that cannot strictly be categorized into a single domain. They're allowing them to make a custom intent that can be part of shortcuts. There's a difference between shortcuts the framework or the system and shortcuts the app. But the idea would be that if you are an average user, you can just go into settings and you can save shortcuts. For Siri, you can record a custom sentence for any type of app that you have on your phone. If you're someone like us, I mean, not Steven necessarily, but, you know, the two of us, I'm sorry. Us two. You know the cool times in Connected where they talk about this and I go quiet? I'm in my office so I can, like, get up and walk around. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck on stage. Mm -hmm. can't go anywhere. You could just, like, slide Slow under the is. table and just, like, mm -hmm. leave. So the idea would be that um, the, the two of us, we can go from the simple shortcuts in settings, we can open the shortcuts app, which will be on the App Store, which is also, this is written on the website. Uh, I hope there will be a test flight at some point. I reckon I'd probably just drop it into the beta at some point. Like, I don't think that that seems like a completely unrealistic thing. I mean, yeah, expect. whatever. Just put it on the beta. Yeah. Um, we can put together these more custom, personalized shortcuts. And what I thought was interesting is during the keynote, I think there was a demo of a custom um, shortcut. I'm going to keep saying workflow forever. Um, shortcut is a better name, though. Yes, it is. It is. Um, 
and they were showing four to five different actions, something like getting directions, uh, play the radio station, set the thermostat to 70 degrees, whatever that means in America. I have no idea. Is that hot? Is that cold? Uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. 70 is perfect? All right. Uh, mm. um, and they were showing all these actions running within the context of the Siri UI. But if you go back and watch the keynote, you can see Siri just basically scrolling through actions. Siri doesn't care. It just moves from action to action. And it's awesome because it's real automation happening within Siri. I think it's incredible. I think it's interesting, too, that this is at the same time we're talking about screen time and limiting our interactions with our phones where if you take the time and invest and build a bunch of these things and you can walk into your house and trigger a bunch of things from your watch or from the HomePod or even just talking to Siri as opposed to going through, okay, I need to do this in this app and to go over and set this HomeKit scene to come over here. Like that's kind of two sides of a coin where if you invest in it, you can take advantage of all this great power but not actually pick up your phone. That helps with the distraction thing. Like one of the do not disturb enhancements was the do not disturb during bedtime. Yeah. And I really like this because I have found it, especially this week, because I'm on different time zones. So people are contacting me how I would usually contact you, middle of the night. So like I might wake up at like 4 a.m. because also jet lag. And I look at my phone to see the time and then I see like a bunch of notifications and then I'm, I'm like drawn into them. Yeah. Where now it'd be like, oh, the screen is blank. I just see the time and that's that. This is kind of reminds me of this in a way that you would just be, say, asking your HomePod to do a thing for you. You never have to look at your phone. You're not going to be pulled in by yeah. that Instagram notification or something. Yeah. Federico, let me ask you this. Um, when we talk about voice assistants, we talk about Amazon and we talk about Google and we talk about Apple. And until, the, until this point... Amazon has sort of ruled the show when it comes to really just throwing the gates open and letting users customize exactly what their instance of the Amazon voice assistant who shall not be named, what it does. And it feels like to me, someone who's not as steeped in this as, as you guys are, that this feels like sort of wide open, that Siri, potentially, if developers invest in it and spend the time to do it correctly, that Siri is going to be flexible and be different person to person that we're all going to have our own sort of systems built within Siri. Like some people have built within the echo. Do you think that, that that's a fair assessment? Do you think that's how, what Apple sees this being is they want Siri to be tailored to every person and what they need? They're not talking about this in, in terms of competition with other assistants, but I was thinking about this, uh, the, this past couple of days that, in a way, this feels to me like Apple's response to um, the Echo skills uh, ecosystem. And if you put together all these different pieces, the simple shortcuts that just open apps and the SiriKit integrations and the custom SiriKit uh, intents that you can now do and the shortcuts app and all these little custom phrases that you can, you know, these invocations that you can use to trigger stuff, it almost feels like a response to the Echo, but in a sort of app-centric type of way. Yeah. The, 
And the, the advantage that Apple has here, if this strategy works, is that the setup of these, not skills, but the setup of these shortcuts and integrations is going to be so much easier than using the Amazon app and the, you know these web pages that you go and you say, yeah, this is my account and everything. Um, because you can do it in settings, you can do it with Siri, you can do it in the shortcuts app. So if the strategy works out, it's also kind of a sort of a way to uh, say, yeah, we don't have to make a custom domain for everything. You guys figured it out. Uh, you, right. So I want to see how developers adopt this, um, these APIs this summer, because effectively this is the feature, as you said, that uh, everybody's talking about in terms of what can we do on iOS this summer? Well, I guess we'll do some shortcuts. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, I just thought this could be really good for non-HomeKit smart home devices, because you would be able to still trigger them with Siri, right? Like, so let's say a lighting company that isn't integrated with HomeKit for whatever reason could create an action in their application oh, yeah. to turn off a light. Yeah. And you could still then ask Siri to, mm -hmm. that's cool, man. Or yeah. directions from something other than Apple Maps. I yep. mean, it really, you know, I don't know if, they're, if it's going to go as far as talking to Spotify, but it does open the door to your point to non-Apple services and apps. Well, speaking of Spotify and audio apps in general, there is no media intent for Siri, but it should be possible um, to do something like if you have a Spotify playlist and if Spotify wants to integrate with uh, shortcuts, they could make a button that says, add my Discover Weekly to uh, Siri. And you should be able, in theory, if this works the way I imagine it works, you should be able to say, uh, Siri, play my Discover Weekly, so open whatever command you want to use, and it'll work. So it's a sort of a workaround to, as I said, to instead of doing a specific domain for everything, to say, we make a general system. We give you a general structure that should, in theory, work for every kind of app that you have. And to, not to, but to, Find up a point on it, but it's also different from Amazon in that it's all on device. You know, like you said, you, if you want to put a skill on your Echo, mm -hmm. you're going in the app. It's like I want a Magic Eight Ball skill because you can do one and it's awesome. You got to like find a web page, like find which one you want, and the voice is going out somewhere, and you don't necessarily know what's on the other end of it. And with like so many other things, Apple does or the competitors put it on the cloud or put it on a server farm, and then the device is just sort of a terminal to that. This stuff is happening on device. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's still sending stuff back and forth to the cloud, but the bulk of it, like all that creation and editing, it's your data, it's on your devices, it's synced to your iCloud account. And I think as we get more into this, where you know, this stuff is integrating into our homes and into our, you know, our cars and like all this stuff, that's where I want it. I want it on the device that's in my pocket and know that everything is encrypted and that I'm not using a skill built by somebody who I'm not familiar with. So mm -hmm. I think... It's taken them a little while to get here, but I think there's a lot of advantages to the way they're doing it. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm not on the front lines of it, mm -hmm. but I'm excited. Yeah, you to can see have the fun with Automator. That's right. It's back, baby. They mentioned it. it. Automator got a uh, yeah. I mean, back. As we work on shortcuts, you will do Automator Finder actions. Things. I'm very excited. That, that great app Finder that everyone loves. Right? The app. The, the Finder. App. Yeah, famous app. Top. Famous charts. app. Yeah. It's best. I love you. Finder? No, it's not. I don't think it is. <laughs> John, what's what's decent? Thumbs oh, down. That's not on the scale. Thumbs down. Nightmare. I think John Syracuse are officially rated it a nightmare. I think so. Um, so any real quickly, name one 
dream shortcut you think you can now make that you would not be able to make in workflow? Oh, that's the best question he's been asked all day. You can't see it, but a single tear go down his cheek. I want oh. to make a shortcut that as I walk around the house, I can ask the HomePod to save an idea to a text file in Dropbox. It's pretty simple. No. I know what mine is. Start a toggle timer. No, I no even, you don't do time tracking on no, the show. That's a this different is not show. Cortex. Even, this is not. No. I even, no. I even went no. so far as to looking into what it would take to build my own echo skill. Oh, we're going to talk about time tracking. <laughs> I think it would just be really nice to just be like, start a timer. That's the end of this oh. segment. We're done. Okay. Uh, Federico, thank you for joining us. Give Federico a hand. Federico, I'm sure everybody knows, the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, a website not about Macs. It's very confusing. <laughs> he doesn't like when I make that joke. I'm sorry. I own iOSStories.net. I, you do, don't you? Yeah. Where does it redirect? My website. <laughs> there it is. All right. We got a few things to wrap up, a little housekeeping here at the end. Um, we have a... It's like you just keep scrolling in this document. It never ends. A lot of people to thank. We do have a lot of people to thank. Thank you. Thank you first for telling me what to do. No, thank Stephen first for putting on an incredible show this evening. Give him a round of applause. We talked about this earlier, but we had a rough time this year getting the show together. And I have to say the staff of the Hammer Theater is incredible. They so were good. They're the best. They worked with us over the last couple of weeks getting this plan. There are a bunch of them here. It's a very big, dark room. There's like cubbies everywhere where people are working. Uh, thank them for having us tonight and uh, making it all possible. And uh, this is an audio program, and the audio is important. So we had the best man in the business up there in the sound booth. Please thank Marco Ahmet for helping us out with the recording and streaming. We owe a huge debt of gratitude to Jessie Char. I'm sure you're familiar with Jessie. She runs the Layers Conference. When we had to make our last-minute changes, Jessie is who put us in touch with Hamer Theater. And also made us know that it was okay. Yes. She like, had, it had we the, could do the, this. She just helped the, us emotionally with support. She's very amazing. Uh, if you have not been to the Layers Conference... Put it on your calendar for next year. It really is incredible. People joke about the snacks. The snacks are really good, but they put together an amazing line of speakers and talks, and it should definitely be on your list for 2019. And again, a huge thank you to Microsoft for, for really helping us out to be able to afford to, to put the show on in this amazing venue tonight. We'd also like to thank the Relay hosts who are here. Uh, this company is not us. It's all the people that we get to work with every day. Uh, so thank you to our hosts for making shows we each and every you. week. Or Fortnite. I'm not judging. Yeah. Fortnite's fine. <laughs> or if you're Cortex, whenever you want to. Time tracking. Uh, we are about to turn four years old as a company in August. 
Uh, and, and we've been having a lot of these conversations today of like, can you imagine four years ago that we would be standing here right now? So Mm-mm. the biggest thank you, as always, goes to you, our listeners. We love you. Thank you so much. He's looking at me very strangely. I know you're up to no good. Before we go, there is, to borrow a phrase, one more thing. It's a small thing. Small thing. It's a small thing. Stephen is now walking towards a chair where he has a leather jacket. This is not the one more thing. No. It's no, it's not just a wardrobe change. You do need to hurry up with this wardrobe change, though, if you're going to do this, because I just have to keep talking because no one can hear you, even though you keep saying things. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. We've had other great shows at Relay FM this week. Uh, Stephen has a jacket with a big blue X on it. What, what is that? OSX? That's right, isn't it? Is that how you say it? That's how you say it, right? We're breaking up. <laughs> Can it make this announcement in my normal jacket? Yes, yeah, Stephen's very excited about this, so he's put a big leather jacket I on. I can't tell you how hot it is in this jacket. Yeah, it's very hot. So... This is not our only live show this year. On Monday, October 22nd, we are going to have Upgrade live in Chicago with Jason Snell. You remember Jason from earlier? And then on October 25th in New York City, we'll be connected. That's right. We're very excited about, about doing more shows this year. Uh, we're calling it a mini tour. It's only two cities. I don't know if that's really a mini tour. The Pen Addict will be in Toronto. The Pen well, Addict will be in Toronto. I don't think this audience cares about that as much. No. Yeah. But yeah, this is part of a little mini tour that we're doing. Stephen, uh, as the vice president of live events. Senior. Senior vice president of live events. Uh, we really want to start doing more of these live shows because we love to do them. So this is a, a start of that. So... How do people get tickets? So if you are a Relay FM member, you're going to get an email on Friday. Which gives you enough time to sign up to become a member if well, you want a ticket. If you want yeah. to do that, it'd be really swell. Uh, Relay.fm slash membership. membership. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so members will get an email on Friday. They are limited seating. Um, so members are going to get the first shot. And then they will go, if there are any left, will go on public sale the next week sometime. So keep an eye on, uh, on Twitter. But we're super excited about this. We've, uh, like Mike said, we've we enjoy live shows, but they're hard uh, they're hard to do because we only get together as a nerdy family a couple times a year, and so we're gonna bring it to y'all. But that's it. That's Thank it. you so much for coming to our show. Thanks to our guests and love our hosts. We'll see you next time. Adios.